Robert Salp here. Tonight I thought we would talk about the different names or titles of God throughout the scriptures. In Genesis, he is the breath of life. In Exodus, he is the passion of the Lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is a prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is the judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is the kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is the trusted prophet. In First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, he is the raiding king. In Ezra, he is the rebuilder. In Nehemiah, he is the ruler of our life. In Esther, he is our Mordecai. In Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our witness. In Song of Solomon, he is our loving bridegroom. Isaiah, the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he is the righteous branch. In Lamentation, he is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful in Daniel, he is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. In Hosea, he is the faithful husband. In Joel, he is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Amos, he is a burning fire. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save. In Jonah, he is great missionary. In Micah, he is the messenger of beautiful. He Naom, he is our strength and shield. In Habakkuk, he is our God's vision. In Sephaniah, he is our savior. In Haggai, he is the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is the fountain of David. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness. In who do you say Christ is? In Matthew, Jesus Christ is the king of Jews. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he is the son of man. In John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he is the savior of the world. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he is the rock and father of Israel. In 2 Corinthians, he is the one that triumphs in giving victory. In Galatians, he is your liberty. In Ephesians, he is your head of the church. In Philippians, he is your joy. In Colossians, he is your completeness. First and second Thessalonians, he is your hope. First Timothy, he is your faith. Second Timothy, he is your stability. In Titus, he is true. Philemon, he is your benefactor. Hebrews, he is your perfection. James, he is the power behind the faith. First Peter, he is your example. In second Peter, he is your purity. 1 John, he is your life. 2 John, he is your pattern. 3 John, he is your motivation. In Jude, he is the foundation of faith. In Revelation, he is the soon coming king. He is the first and the last. He is the great I am. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the great creator of all. He is the keeper of creation. He is unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He reigns and brings peace. His will is unchanging. His word is for eternity. He is the architect of the universe. He was dead and brought to life. He is goodness, kindness, holiness, righteousness. He is alive forevermore. Herod could not kill him. Armies cannot defeat him. Herod could not, he, Nero could not crush him. He is my rod. He is my joy. He is my God. He is my redeemer. He is my Lord and Savior.
and he shall be called the lily of the valley, the advocate, the lamb of God, the resurrection, the life, the shepherd, the bishop of souls, judge, lord of lords, man of sorrows, head of the church, master, faithful, true witness, rock, high priest, the door, living water, bread of life, rose of Sharon, Alpha and the Omega, the true vine, the, the beloved branch, the Messiah, the teacher, the Holy One, the mediator, the carpenter, the good shepherd, the light of the world, image of the invisible God, the word, the chief cornerstone, the savior, servant, author, and finisher of our faith, the Almighty, the Everlasting Father, Shiloh, Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Great I Am, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the Bridegroom, Only Begotten Son, Wonderful Counselor, Emmanuel, Son of Man, Day Springs, the Amen, the Son of God, the King of the Jews, the Prophet, the Redeemer, the Anchor, the Bright Morning Star, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ. What do you call him? What do men say he is? But more importantly, what do you say he is? Is he your all in all? Is he your everything? He Is he your savior? Is he your best friend? Is your brother? Is he your advocate? Is, your, is he your intercessor? Is he everything to you and then some? And if not, why not? Why isn't he the everything? Are you afraid that you'll be embarrassed? Are you afraid that someone will make fun of you? Are you afraid that you'll be mocked, scorned, ridiculed? Are you afraid of just being afraid? They're not coming after you. They're not rejecting you. They are rejecting Christ. They are rejecting the Son of God. God told us in His Word, Jesus told us in His Word, that in this life we would suffer tribulations. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. It's a funny thing that we see everything going on in the world this day, in this time, in this hour. We see the evilness coming out of the woodwork and yet people are still not turning to God. But if you've read the book, if you understood, if you, if you have studied at any at all, you know that in the end, that's the way it's going to be. And there's a great falling away. And he said, if the days were not shortened, even the elect would be deceived. I believe we're getting close to those days. I'm going to leave you with, with this commitment as a Christian. And it was written in a, a pastor in Africa, and it was tacked on his wall of his house. You may have heard this, but this is very, very uh, touching, very true. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. 
I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of His. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame divisions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, positions, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be first, right, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on His presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way rough. My companions few. My God reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me, and when he comes for his own, he will have no problems recognizing me. My banner will be clear. Is that your commitment today? Is that where you are at in your walk with Christ? Is that where you want to be? They tell me in the Battle of the Alamo in the 1800s, 1830s, I think it was 1836, don't quote me on that, that Travis Bowie, Colonel Travis Bowie, drew a line in the sand with, with his sword. And he told everybody that wanted to, they could leave, but those that wanted to stay would cross that line. Everybody to the man crossed that line and stayed with Colonel Travis Bowie. They all lost their lives later, but they crossed the line in the sand. Have you crossed your line in the sand? Have you just gotten so fed up with what's going on in the world, with the sin that's out there, with the name calling, the backbiting, the backstabbing, and people blaming God for all of this mess when it's clearly sin is the is responsible for it all. Are you fed up? But most importantly, I have to ask, are you prayed up? Have you studied up? He said, study to be to show thyself approved. So are you studied up? He's a pray without ceasing, so you need to be praying up. And you must be willing to get up and stand up for the cause of Christ. We may not survive. We certainly won't have the large following on Facebook. Or a lot of us won't. Because people are shallow. People are fickle. People are funny. And people will let you down no matter who that person is. We're seeing Christians being persecuted in other, other nations. We're seeing churches being fined $5,000 in the United States, being fined $5,000 for singing 
5,000 per service. We're seeing because of this COVID and, and the riots and the race war and all this stuff, we're seeing it come home. As my dad would say, we're seeing the chickens come home to roost. Are you ready? Are you just so determined that nothing's going to change you? Nothing's going to detour you. Nothing's going to delay you. Nothing's going to get in your way. Or are you going to be one of those that, depending on what crowd you're talking to, what crowd you're in, you'll go with the flow. I'm not telling you to argue because no one's ever won Christ by arguing. What I am telling you is to make sure that you are dedicated, that you are committed, that you are focused. You've got to almost have laser-like focus this day and age. You've got to be willing to nothing change your mind. We're seeing an onslaught from every side. Christians are being persecuted in other nations and it will soon come to America, I'm afraid. Are you ready? Are you willing to lay it all down for the cause of Christ? Are you willing to be like the three Hebrew children who answered the king, O king, we were not careful to answer you. We're not worried to answer you. We're not anxious to answer you. You know, we're not going to bow to your brazen, your golden idol. We're not going to bow to it. God can deliver us, but, O king, if he doesn't deliver us, we'll get to go home friend of mine's pastor was being wheeled into an operating room several years ago and they told him, said, you may not come out of this operating, off of this operating table. And he looked at him clearly and said, don't threaten me with heaven. We have got to be dedicated. We've got to be committed. Now, there are some people out there that's just not going to hear you. They're not going to listen. Oh, they've got their own minds made up. The Bible is evil. It's flawed. God is wrong. It's magic. Why do you pray? You need to just pray for those individuals. And pray that God hold their feet over the fires of hell if necessary to get them saved. Because you see, whether or not you know them or they've just commented on something on Facebook, they're still a soul. And that soul will live forever in heaven or it will be tormented forever in hell. Now there is a popular philosophy going around, theology going around right now that says that when you die, if you go to hell, your soul is just destroyed completely. It's instant, almost instantaneous. You, yeah, it's hot, it's nasty, but your soul is, is no longer. It's destroyed. Your soul cannot be destroyed. 
you're going to go a place, if you're not ready to go to Christ, you're going to go to a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. A day, a place, a time of eternal torture. We know this to be a fact because the scriptures teaches us this. Christ spent more of his ministry on teaching about hell than he did about talking about heaven. And we see, and this will be a future podcast, we see the rich man and the beggar named Lazarus. Now this is not the same Lazarus that Christ raised from the dead. We see him going the rich man dying, we see Lazarus dying, the rich man lifts his eye up in hell, in the fire, in the torment, and he said, he looked over and he saw the Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham, and he said, oh, can you just send Lazarus over here and just put a drop of water on my tongue? He says, no, there's a great chasm, there's a great divide between the two of us. Our side can't come to your side, and your side can't come to our side. He said, well, can you send him back to tell my brothers not to come? They do not need to come down here. And Abraham looked at him and said, no, because they have the prophets. They have a choice. We each have a choice. Each and every day. What are we going to do with it? Who do you say Christ is? That's the question I'm going to leave you with tonight. Who do you say Christ is? Who is Christ in your life? Is he a mythical creature? Or is he your everlasting Savior? Is he an imaginary friend? Or an imaginary person that lives in the sky? Or is he very real and dwells inside of you? Who do you say Christ is? The world will not um, ever understand. And that's okay. Because they didn't understand Jesus. And they still don't understand him. It is our job, though, to preach and to teach Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity that we've had, Lord, to study, to read, to, to talk about you tonight, Lord, in this short period of time, God. We ask, Lord, that whoever's listening, wherever they may be, God, that you will bless them more and abundant, not just material things, God, but spiritual things. Lord, that you'll put the peace of understanding on their life that passeth the peace that passes all understanding. Put that on their life. Let that envelop them. Let that engulf them, Lord. Touch and move, Lord. Strengthen them. Heal their bodies, Lord. Cast out the demons, Lord. Move and touch, Lord, as only you can. Lord, it's not about me. It's not about this podcast. It's not about anything, but it is all about you. Lord, I ask that you touch each and every heart, each and every person that's listening and that will listen, God. In Jesus' sweet name, amen.